to Steppin' on the Peach, the only place to read your emails and tweets. It's Tuesday, July 21st. I'm Jay Skeets, and joining us here to kick around the sand, it's Tass Mellis. Hello, NBA fans. Hey, Tassie. We also got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Mm. Lee, and last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are, just the four of us again today. Our final day without the bearded one, Trey Kirby. His little family getaway is almost over, so he'll be joining us back on the pod tomorrow. Guys, thank you so much for sending in your questions and comments. Keep them coming. As always, email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com, or tweet them in at nodunksinc, or use the hashtag nodunks. Got some good news, great news for you guys. The good news, the NBA announced on Monday that coronavirus tests of 346 players at the league's bubble campus in Orlando since July 13th have yielded zero positive results. That's good news. That's great news. The basketball returns next Thursday night. That's the real great news. And once things tip off, guys, we're going to be looking at a few weeks of uh, straight NBA hoops playing all day long because they're going to be starting these Mm -hmm. games, especially for the East Coast fans, at like noon, 1 o'clock, stuff like that. So as a result, we're going to switch up our programming schedule here at No Dunks starting July 30th. We're going late night, boys. Things how are going to get zany. Yeah, how late? Oh, yeah, Lee's already worried. <laughs> After the final game, Lee. Hey, let, we might get lucky. We might have a blowout in the final game, and then we can jump on a little earlier than normal. But, yeah. Okay. After the final game of the day, we're starting out our brand new podcast series called The Bubble Wrap. It's, it's the greatest name in Pretty sports name. podcast <laughs> history. The Bubble Wrap. We'll, we'll jump on here. Late night and uh, talk about the games, the storylines, whatever we want to, and have some laughs. Maybe we'll have some drinks while we do it because it'll be super late at night. All right? The bubble wrap starting July 30th. And we'll take that all the way through in theory, even over the weekends, at least until we get to the playoffs and see if, you know, see if the people like it. Great. Can't wait. <laughs> Lee, I know you're not a late night guy. Why don't you and I uh, do a day, a day show and let uh, Skeets, Trey, and JD, who's got to wow. do both shows, do a night show? <laughs> Are you? Is this because you've got two kids now, Tassie? You're starting no doubt. to see, yeah. No doubt. <laughs> I'm up at well, 5 a.m. Well, we're starting at 5 a.m. Well, uh, you know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? Like, it's a, this is a crazy time. Let's maybe try something like that. You know, I mean, <laughs> poor JD, he's going to have to do both shows. Yeah, course, we're but, not doing uh, that. Okay, I'll tell you right now. Unless you can clone JD, we're not doing that. The, we're already going to be keeping this guy up late at night. Look, you get to go to bed right after you're done recording mm, the show, Lee. Mm, you get to mm. say peace out. Put your yeah. head to the pillow. JD's yeah. got to edit the damn thing, post it. You know, we've got to work on some things, getting the graphics and everything. We're going to be up late. But look, it yeah. won't take too long to get to the <laughs> schedule of things. Nah, hey, listen, you know what? Basketball is back. So that's what's great here. We can make any other, anything else happen. It's just great to have basketball back. And uh, and you mentioned there the, the zero positive test. I have to say that is an incredible result. That really yeah. is. I don't think anyone expected the uh, NBA to have quite such uh, success so early. But clearly it shows, you know, Take precautions, wear a mask, and things don't have to be as catastrophic as they are right now for the entire world. People just have to take uh, some some discipline and some precautions. Yeah, I think Doc Rivers uh, just recently said, maybe we should send this NBA plan, NBA plan to our government. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, see if they can maybe yeah. uh, get some tips from this. Um, yeah, but the bubble wrap reasoning is uh, pretty simple. Because the games are going to start so early and are going to be on all throughout the day, if we kept our normal schedule... By the time we talked about the games the night before and got into the storylines, I mean, 
you know, by the time the show goes up, they're sort of old news, yeah. right? So the th- in theory here, we do it late at night. You guys wake up in the morning and, uh, you know, it's still topical before the next day starts. That's the, that's the plan, at least. You know, this this could last three days for all we know. And then we <laughs> go back to normal. But no, we got a great name. We're running with it. The bubble wrap. We called it. No one else can use it. So lock that in. Okay. Let's get to the great uh, questions and comments we have this week. Sup, no dinkers. Longtime listener. First time emailer from Melbourne. With the NBA opening a pop-up barber shop in the bubble for the players, what is the one pop-up store you would want if you were in the bubble? Pop-ups, chicken thighs, possum. That's from Alistair D. in Melbourne, Australia, who will be listening to that show in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah. Whoa, time zones. Crazy. <laughs> Australia's going to love the bubble wrap. Um, well, I saw Donovan Mitchell and many, many others. They called the pop-up barbershop that we see down there in Orlando. It's like a real-life 2K neighborhood um, because there is the barbershop in the, uh, the playground setting, the park setting of 2K. So why don't we just stick with that theme for the players down there? Let's get a Swags Main Street clothing. You can uh, get your streetwear there, Lee. You already got on a Matumbo jersey, so you're rocking that. And get your shirts and your pants and your hats and your jewelry. Then we need a tattoo shop called The Paint mm-hmm. where you can go get some ink, right? You know, you get a fresh cut. You know, maybe you want to get a tattoo there on, uh, on your neck and upset Lee Ellis <laughs> while you're down there. So you can go do that at The Paint. And then finally, we need a bike rental place called Wheels uh, where you can get skateboards and uh, tandem bikes. That would be fun. Remember that fun clip of... Uh, was it Shaq and Akeem Olajuwon when they were going to play one-on-one uh, for Taco Bell way back in the day? There was a shot of them riding on a tandem bike. That just looks hilarious anytime you see, <laughs> especially two giant guys on a tandem mm. bike. So, yeah, yeah you want- got a clothing store, the uh, tattoo shop, and a uh, bike rental place. Mm. Yeah, I think you want Boban and Joel Embiid or something like that on that yeah. tandem bike. That'd be great fun. Great yeah, stuff. Yeah, going around the water there. So mm. uh, what do you guys have? What other uh, pop-ups you want to see? Well, you know, everyone down there is fishing right now. So I think someone's just got to open up a tackle box or a tackle shop, you know, and like, mm. why not? Why not? Everyone's, there's competition. I think Norm Powell pulled out the biggest one I've ever seen yesterday. I don't know if it was a real photo or not, but uh, he was holding up a big fish. Definitely so. not a real photo. I hate to break it to you. I hate to burst that bubble. <laughs> but you know what? Like fishing seems to be the in thing right now. So I think get John Lua back down there to run it. So he's back in the NBA. And uh, and make it make the whole thing like everything you need, so you can go out and have a successful fish, and uh, you know so even sell like little boats, sell the rods, get the bait. I don't know whatever whatever is involved in uh, going fishing. I think they can uh, they can do that. Keeps people busy, keeps them uh, out, you know occupied during the day. Yeah. Well, there's Maybe. a store for that. Dick Sporting Goods. They sell fishing <laughs> rods. Just put one in there. They sell they sell it all. Uh, and and stick with all the sports down there. These guys want to play. Uh, play games all freaking day they got tons of stuff in there set of clubs if you want to go golfing uh it, perfect for guys who are quarantining you know they have those putting strips with the automatic ball return you're mm. just sitting in your room all day like your joe varden of the athletic he had one in there uh with a cup at the end of it but get one of those automatic ball returns there's yeah. there's so much stuff and if you got to be in your room all freaking day get a yoga mat in there so you're not li- just lying on your bed you got a new place to lie down that's awesome uh, chin up bar for your chinny chin chins lots of stuff at a dick sporting goods it's like three floors so it's not just gonna be a pop-up shop it's gonna be huge i like the idea of john lure um manning the uh the tackle box as you called yeah. it the, the fishing pop-up but i may make a case for trey kirby um, oh, yeah. I, I wish he was on uh, on the beach stepping today uh like i said he'll be back tomorrow i got a lot yeah. of questions this guy suddenly is like a 
he is Bill Dance. All he does is fish. I mean, you saw his Instagram uh, mm-hmm. videos and, and photos and stuff like that while he was with the family on the little getaway in the Midwest. Uh, he was fishing every day, it felt like. It looked yep. like he was up at like 5 a.m. out there on the water. <laughs> so maybe he should. I feel like he knows a lot suddenly about fishing again. <laughs> oh, there you go. Maybe there's a, there's a spin-off pod there, maybe uh, within, the, uh, within the bubble here, the fishing pod. You know? I will say... I don't know how I feel about this concept of fishing. Uh, yeah, I know, World. I know. I it mean, seems <laughs> like lame to me. Oh, it's like, yeah. I don't know, like they obviously just stock these ponds, <laughs> lakes, whatever, with thousands of fish and they're just catching the same fish over and over again. Again, yeah. I don't know. I know it's like, yeah. it's uh, you know, the charm of fishing is just like how quiet it is, how slow it is, maybe the patience of it all, but uh, something weird about this, right? I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely, yeah. But it's also under the conditions. I mean, I don't imagine there's a natural body of water of there sort of flowing through, so you have to make do. But uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see It's literally guys... shooting fish in a barrel. It, it is, yeah. <laughs> I want to see guys out standing in the river, you know, fly fishing when the season's over. That, that'll, that'll see okay. who the real fishermen are, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're having fun. It's something to do. I would be doing it. There's no doubt. It's not a whole, you know, outside of playing spike ball and ping pong and maybe some video games. It's like, you want to get outside, um, you know, fishing gets you out there. Uh, yep. And I'm not a huge golfer, so that, and that's a, obviously a hell of a time commitment. So, all right, what do you think about that, Tass? I'm a, you know, Lee agrees with me. Uh, no problems with this concept of fishing, as they call it down there. Oh, yeah. Whoever uh, tweeted it, uh, I don't know if it was Zach Harper or Eric Kareem, but they said, yeah, it's basically everybody's catching that same fish <laughs> and throwing it back and then walking away from the pier. And then the next guy comes in, grabs that next fish, yep. takes a photo, throws it back in. Next guy comes in. Yeah, it's a little strange. And nobody's in a boat, right? I mean, everybody's no, well, there, just doing it from the pier, it seems like, which is I, I could have sworn early in the bubble life there was some people like on a pontoon and that you could rent that and go out. I, I think there was, but you're right. Recently, I haven't seen that. But I also saw, I don't know if it was Malika Andrews or somebody with ESPN, like, they just don't have enough fishing rods for everybody. I think they've <laughs> ordered more. There was something like... Uh, I hope I don't get this wrong. It was like 14 fishing rods, and suddenly everyone wants to fish. So they like they're you know renting them out and using them was becoming a bit of an issue. Yeah. So well, this pop-up shop makes them. a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can't share them at the moment, you know. So uh, everyone needs their own fishing rod, you know. Well, what do you mean share them while you're fishing? Here, I'll, no, no, I'll no. Cast but if, so, if someone's like you know, yeah, when they finish their fishing, you want my rod? You can take it, but you're not allowed to do that. I mean, you're not allowed to share ping pong paddles so yeah, uh, yeah right right you know. you're supposed to be yeah cleaning them and stuff like yeah, that they yeah. just need more of them is the yeah. point i mean you yeah. could have hundreds of people i think fish at the same time you oh, probably yeah. still space yeah. out the, but... the pier doesn't the pier doesn't appear to be big enough though for hundreds of people if you're <laughs> social distancing it looks tiny yeah i don't know how many piers there are man i don't know how many boats <laughs> they have we're not there and, and even the media people that are down there they're not given this access you know so uh, mm. yeah lots of questions about the fishing maybe maybe trey knows we'll talk to him tomorrow all right next one Hey, no Dugs, long-time listener, first-time emailer. With teams designing their own championship rings, do you think that this year's eventual champion will include anything Disney-related on the bling? Like a movie character or the iconic Mickey Mouse ears? Who slash what would you include if you were designing a championship ring? For what it's worth, I'd have Buzz Lightyear and Mickey Mouse. Love listening. Keep up the great work. Shout out to my fellow Melbourneian. Is that how you say it, Lee? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's from Andrew. Yeah, Melbourne oh, coming through here on today's yeah. beach stepping. Uh, fun question. What do you think, Tess? I think NBA players 
would definitely not want to have anything of the sort on their ranks. I, you think people want to willfully remember this time? And I do not think so. Multiple crises going on in the country, away from their families. Like, if there was a bonding area for, let's say, the Clippers where they met at, uh, you know, the fountain every day, maybe they'd have a fountain on the inside of the ring or something mm-hmm. that brought them together, like Rick's Sports Bar, apparently. RIX Sports Bar is the place to be right now, according to Malik Andrews. So maybe if they bonded there, they had some fun there and they just want to remember that they put it on the inside of the ring. Uh, like as a message for a team or, you know, maybe one of those messages that they found at Disney World. Like, right. I don't know, maybe there's a cool sign that says uh, Mickey Mouse Club or something. They put MMC <laughs> on the inside. But I don't think they'd have a big a big logo or a, a big image of a, a cartoon character. No chance. Well, what I mean, if that were, would just, that would just kind of Mickey Mouse it up. What's if the that? Orlando Magic win the title, maybe they will. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I no, don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think people want to remember it that way. But you know, like like uh, the the Warriors had just us, or you know the 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 old Celtics had Ubuntu. Like if they come up with something that is sort of Disney tied, maybe on the inside inside of the ring. I think that's as far as you go. But uh, Buzz Lightyear on the outside of a ring, <laughs> I don't think Kawhi is walking around with Buzz Lightyear or uh, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't strike me as LeBron having. Uh, uh, Mickey Mouse on the outside of his ring. I don't think it's going to fly. Okay, okay. But as we learned when we did our squad draft, Marvel is a part of the Disney brand. So you're telling me that some players wouldn't be interested in a championship ring that has like the six infinity stones, um, you know, like Thanos' gauntlet? That'd be badass, I think. JD, it, no? It, yeah, except that it would have to only have one stone, right? Because you win that one championship. That would be badass. Oh, and so you have to decide if you won the mind or the power that's or the right. soul stone or whatever. Okay, and then if yeah. you win another championship or you win MVP or Defensive Player of the Year, you get to put another stone in there. Wow. Hmm. There's, so there's six. There's one stone, but five empty spots. Wow, that would be just badass. Like, yeah. you're like, we're going to win six titles in exactly. a row here. That's the Heatles, exactly Yeah, right. the Heatles should have done that when they did their rally uh, and said they were going to win whatever, six, seven, or eight, whatever it was. Oh, the Cavs ring back when they won in, in 16 had the uh, seven stones, right? And the four were lit up or four were red, ready Cavs mm. color for the games that they won. One. Mm. Yeah, that's for right. Five, that's six, right. seven, and wherever the other one was. Breaking down the series. Okay, JD, uh, what stone would, would you want first? What's your favorite stone? Infinity oh. stone. Or gem, I should say. I don't want to get the nerds all upset. They're actually <laughs> gems, right, in the comic books? Are they? Uh, I think so. I, sure. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably go reality. The red one. Mm. And then, <laughs> you know, this is my new reality. I'm a world champion. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, what do you think for this? You got, do you like this idea of uh, something Disney-related? Yeah, I mean, it's topical. I think, though, what you would have is Mickey Mouse, you know, so the big ears, the most recognizable character, but then you'd have him wearing a mask as well. That's also topical right now. Wow. So it's sort of like it always makes you, you know, remember of, of, of what the time was like. So, yeah, I mean. So the mask gonna... is like diamonds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just covering up. So it, it's bringing everything that was happening at the one time. We're down in Disney. Here's Mickey, but everyone had to wear a mask except for Dwight Howard. And, uh, you know, that's that's the way it is right now. That's, that's what you're going to remember about the champion of the 2019-2020 season, I think. So, you know, it's uh, it's just relevant to this season and that's it, hopefully. 
Mm-hmm. I'd say players wouldn't even want 2020 on that ring. I don't think they want to even see the number. No, thank you. Nobody wants to remember this ish at all. Maybe just but, get rid of the rings completely this year and just give donate all that money that goes into these things to a good cause. Maybe that's something they'll consider. You're too. on to something there. Yeah. Next one. Hey, oh, big beards, baby beards, and no beard. Huh? Who's no beard? I don't know. We all have beards. Yeah, we all have beards. I mean, they, unless we, this yeah, man's we, just listening to a podcast and yeah. hasn't seen Skeet's beard. Doesn't ever. know I have a beard. Who mm. knows? Lately, it seems like the "Who says no" trade scenarios have been downright garbage. So I've got an idea that could work. <laughs> Who says no? Dennis Schroeder of the Thunder for Al Horford of the Sixers and a 2025 first round pick. 2025, this guy's going deep. As an avid OKC fan, this return is quite desirable. A mentor for Darius Baisley and another first round pick. Part of me thinks that Sam Presti would seek greater value for Dennis, but I'd be content with this as a return. For the 76ers, I don't know what else to say. You're getting the most underrated point guard in the league. This guy's an OKC fan. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is a real killer, and we all know that you guys don't need three more ridiculously expensive years of Al Horford. Thank you, guys. It felt good to get that off my chest. Hashtag basketball. That's from Jack K. Lee, what do you think? Schroeder for oh, Horford in a first. Awesome. I love getting the who says no questions. They're great. <laughs> I uh, purposely said Lee I know, to answer I... this one first because <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate it. Uh, I mean, so so let, let me think about it like this. Like the 76ers have a weird sort of uh, point guard situation there because apparently Ben Simmons is not going to be playing point guard. He's going to be playing the four. So, and, and when you look down their roster, they don't have like a clear, you know, like this guy is your point guard after that. So maybe there is a spot there for Schroeder. I don't think he comes in and starts though in that team. I think he comes off the bench. So that's a sort of familiar role he's playing in. I think it's okay. He's he's been good this season, as we talked about yesterday on our award show. And Al Horford going there to play alongside uh, Stephen Adams could also work in theory because Adams doesn't come out of the paint. He's got no range on his shot whatsoever. So they're not going to sort of get in each other's way if you're going to use Al Horford as a bit more of a spreader, um, which is what which is what the Sixers were hoping to get from him. Um, defensively, I think it's good. He's another versatile big. They've got two sort of them big guys. So it's not bad in theory. Um, I just, if, if you're the Sixers, would you do this right now? I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you'd want to give up an Al Horford just yet. I know it hasn't worked so far this season, but if you give him up for Schroeder, I'm not sure that's the right move right now. Um, and a first-round pick as well. Uh, I Hold think on. That... The th- why do the Thunder need another first-round pick? Yeah, hang on. Yeah, so Don't Horford... they have like 100 of them? Yeah, he's got, yeah but Sam, yeah, Sam Presti doesn't care. He'll, he'll, no, he'll take right. them, he'll take them right. all, as, as many as you want. Um, yeah, so it's like not... fishing in Orlando, man. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's not a bad trade in theory. Um, See, these who says no are good. These are really good. Uh, I think the Dennis Schroeder thing, I think he would think he should be starting over Shake Milton. I mean, I Shake, so. yeah. Shake is the starter right now going into yeah. the playoffs. And that, that may be the issue is that Schroeder has found a, an incredible role for him. He is playing his best basketball of his career. And does he resort or, or revert back to Atlanta Hawks days where he was mm. trying to do a little too much? Right. You know, it may, it may, I, I just, he is an upgrade on Shake Milton and it may, it, it's better than what they have with Al Horford. It's just not working. So it kind of makes sense uh, from that standpoint. And Horford sort of makes sense on the Thunder. It's really two and a half years guaranteed of, uh, because uh, there's, an, there's an unguaranteed portion of the contract. I think it, it does make 
logical sense. But I'm not sure if, if Schroeder would fit in Philly. It's just mm. he's he's shown that he doesn't fit everywhere he goes. Yeah, that is that is the issue. It's like I mean, Truder's still somewhat young, and you said it there, like when he was sort of given given the reins in Atlanta, it didn't go well. It was like, uh, ooh, the, the, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is your role yet because of your age or your immaturity, or maybe that's just not you. Maybe you should be paired with another, obviously, elite point guard, or maybe you should be in that role, uh, coming off the bench in that role position. Um, so it's tough to know with Truder yet because he is only still 26. I think his contract is one more year. Um, somebody can look that up if they want. I think he's like got a $15, $16 million contract. Yeah. So he's got one more year left after this year's done. So that's, you know, totally fine. And he's probably playing above that value, uh, quite frankly, this last year for the Thunder. I, I, I just, is he, is, are, are you convinced Schroeder is suddenly like a really decent three-point shooter, which he's been for OKC? Or is that just uh, just a weird little blip uh, in his career where he has not shot all that well generally? Uh, from distance but he's been great this year can he keep that up then that's uh, something that the Sixers would always want around Embiid and Simmons but uh, I'm not I'm not in love with the idea of Dennis Schroeder being this player that he's shown for this year for the rest mm. of his career maybe and maybe that's just me holding on to some ugly outings we saw when he was with the Hawks and he would put up numbers and be like oh these are decent numbers you're like watch the game man it's it's not pretty uh, you can almost tell like some of the guys out there probably don't even like playing with him for crying out loud. So I don't know. He's done well in OKC, but uh, I'm not sure the Sixers would would do this. As yeah. as clunky as the Horford, you know, pairing with Embiid has been, they're they're gonna jockey. They're they're, they're moving around the positions here, and and maybe Horford is the one that flourishes, sort of coming off the bench there, and that works. So I think they say no to this, especially when the pick is thrown in there as well. But mm. that's a fun one. Talking it out. Hadn't had one of those in a while. Why are the Sixers always involved in these is what yeah, I want to know. They're, they're, they're the Every team time. right now. They're the team that people think are vulnerable to, to a trade. Right. You know, haven't, haven't, haven't lived up to the expectations. So it's like, right, quick, grab someone while you can. But uh, yeah. it's, it's just funny to think that Al Horford is the, is the odd man out right now. I, I, I know we've talked about it a lot. You just would have thought a professional, he's been around forever. He would have found his way to fit into that uh, team. But it, it just hasn't – it didn't work anyway to uh, for the first – what three quarters of this season but mm-hmm. uh gets a chance to reset the Sixers, of course had so much time now to sort of go over things so will we see a difference in these uh in the remainder of this season it'd be it'd be great because if al horford does become the player they wanted him to be and that they spend all that money on then ju- the, the things just change drastically for yeah. philadelphia yeah Sixers are gonna go eight no in the seeding games we already called it all right, next one here. Hey, new donkers. One of my friends was vacationing in the Bahamas a few years ago and struck up a conversation with a tall athletic guy who he bumped into at the gym a couple of times. My buddy mentioned that he was from Toronto, and the guy asked him if he was a Raptors fan. Even though he hardly watched basketball, my buddy said yes, and he asked the man if he followed basketball. The guy laughed and said, well, I made seven all-star teams. Turns out he had been talking to Grant Hill. Needless to say, my buddy was extremely embarrassed. This story became even funnier when Grant Hill later appeared in an AT&T commercial where he was asked, oh, are you a basketball fan? Which we swear to this day was a product of this interaction with my friend. JD, I think you have that line real quick. Are you a basketball fan? (laughs) That's a great drop. We got to add that to the repertoire. One more time. Are you a basketball fan? Oh, you a basketball fan? Uh, my question, though, the email continues. What's the most embarrassing moment you've had in front of a celebrity slash athlete? And were there any consequences years later? Turn up, 
Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Dave in Toronto. His buddy running into Grant Hill had no idea it was Grant Hill. Had Great story, Dave. Yeah, it's a fun story. Uh, well, we had the pleasure of hanging out with some celebrities uh, a couple years ago at the LA All-Star Game. The Milwaukee Bucks Rim Rockers. You know, those guys who uh, throw down some incredible mm-hmm. dunks during breaks and play. They got a great team. And so we threw down some quote-unquote dunks with them off trampolines and it was embarrassing for me because i wasn't trampolining i wasn't doing anything (laughs) i was just falling down and so you know a a cut of me looking incredibly unathletic uh compared to the other guys who are doing some dunks yeah not so good it was embarrassing and the rim rockers uh you know had to console me afterwards um (laughs) it was sad it was just a sad day for me sad sad day but those rim rockers were great it was great to see up close and personal, like down on floor level, those guys flying and doing oh, yeah. their uh, their synchronized dunks, bounce, mm. grab, throw it up, grab, off the backboard, throw down. It was pretty cool. Yeah, they're like real-life NBA Jam guys. Um, yeah. And it is, I always think it looks like somewhat easy, and then you try it first off, or you're just even close to it, and you're like, oh my god, what they're doing jumping off these trampolines is... Uh, pretty wild twisting and turning and doing all the flips and throwing it off the glass and catching it and all that like Tess said so okay that's a good one what do you got here Lee well mine is actually Grant Hill related uh <laughs> it was because when we were in the Turner Studios you know we got to know some of those guys a little bit over the years we were there and I saw Grant Hill coming and so I went out with a f- oh, hang on no, I went out with a handshake he came with a fist bump I switched to a, 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 a hand. Oh, hang on, hang on. I can't, I can't even remember the story now. It's just, this is just killing me inside. But basically, we just couldn't get our hands coordinated. I ended up just slapping him on the back. <laughs> and the consequences years later, it still traumatizes me. I still relive that moment. And I'm just so embarrassed because it's Grand Hill. You know, it's not 3D who you can laugh it off. You know, you're just like, ah, whatever. It's Grand Hill. He's like one of the sort of, like the elder statesman of the uh, of the NBA, and every time you see Grant Hill, because you know he hangs out with Barack Obama, he's a cool guy. He's cool, yeah. exactly. You want to be like you're just like I'm smooth, I'm cool as well. But instead, of just sort of like a happy, slappy, you know, <laughs> handshake that just no, never got anywhere. And I ended up just giving him a pat on the back, and man, I just I'm still I still remember it so clearly, and I. Uh, I just hate I hate myself for that moment for getting it so wrong. Haven't you pretty replicated clearly. that? I mean, not exactly, but pretty clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't you replicated that though with like ten other people? Uh, not not to that extent, because you know, like like I walked into it, you know, so I was ready, I changed, I adjusted, mm. and then it just fell apart Ooh. at the end. And uh, you know, I just think Grant probably he probably looked and just says, Yeah. You're not a baller, son. Keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess my answer would be something that happened on the show. I think we've shared this story before, so I'll keep it quick. But we had Baron Davis on once. And, uh, you know, we thought it was um, public knowledge that there was a photo going around uh, him with Laura Dern. And we asked about it, and it got awkward real quick <laughs> on the show because... Yeah, he didn't want to talk about that, and uh, you know he started turning on us. He was a good sport. He was like, you know, um, you know, asking what our wives would think of uh, you know putting up a photo or something or with another one. It was really weird. Um, we felt bad. We just you know naively thought this was like not a big deal. And again, the photos were out there, and it was like, oh, this is this cool. They might just be friends for all we know, like hanging out. That was weird though. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and we felt bad. Like, uh oh. We probably should have tried to clear that beforehand or should have asked him about it, but 
We didn't, and uh, that was a classic. Whoops, my bad. But anyway. <laughs> to be fair, though, it was public knowledge. I mean, yeah, we, yeah. the well, photos I mean, we were going to show. People was, magazine or something like yeah. that. Like, it was a massive publication. Yeah. Like, where the photo True, was. true. I guess you could counter, well, I'm coming on a basketball show. Why yeah, the hell would you ask sure. me about this photo with Laura Dern? That, that is fair. That is very, very yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, we apologized, of course. Um, yeah. But it was... It was weird. It was weird. I mean, it was actually it was it wasn't too embarrassing, like live on the air, because I think we were almost like shocked by his response to it yeah. and didn't know how jokingly he was being. And then, of course, we go off the air and it was a little bit more like, you know, WTF here, guys, you know, like, yeah. oh, oh, uh, oh, OK, yeah. And then the apologies uh, were flying. <laughs> it's not a great moment, though. I don't care. <laughs> It was so weird. It's so weird the story as it is. Laura Dern is involved yeah. in this story with Baron Davis. Strange. Strange. Well, it was a weird Great time stuff. in our lives. It Very was. weird time. It was. Next one. Hello, no dunkaroos. One cliche that has always existed in sports is who shines when the lights are brightest or who can deliver on the biggest stage. But how bright can the lights be and how much pressure can these guys really feel when they're playing what is more likely to feel like a pickup game than an NBA Finals game. That makes me question, who is going to be an unlikely player that delivers big in the bubble, possibly because there aren't tens of thousands of screaming fans in the crowd? My money would have to be on a young guy with little or no playoff experience like a John Morant. But curious if you guys have someone better. Clever Clipper Bros rhyme, Nathan in Boston, who is from Cleveland, boo to the Celtics, says Nathan. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's an interesting question. Will someone thrive because... There isn't the throngs of media. There isn't signs up everywhere about the NBA finals being in their city or in the uh, the opponent's city. It is it is different. You, what do you think, Skeets? Well, I don't really buy it. Uh, I mean, I've said this before that I don't think it's going to have that much of an effect on the players. But the problem, what's going to happen is some player, who knows who, is going to ball out for a couple of days, right? Uh, have some huge games. And then people will automatically just assume that it's because there's no fans. Like, so that's what's going to happen. So that's going to be like one of these reasons that's attached to it. Again, I don't really buy it. The John Morant doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I get that he's thinking like maybe a young guy who would be shook in a playoff atmosphere. You remove that and he's better. But like, couldn't the opposite be true? Like John Morant, from what we've seen, is a pretty damn confident rookie and sort of uh you know in the mold of a guy like a Lillard or stuff like that seems to relish um the spotlight and the bright lights uh so you know maybe the opposite happens for for all we know Mm. I guess my answer to this um maybe deer and fox but nothing to do with the no fans I'm a little worried deer and fox with his uh his new haircut uh what we're gonna get from him because I don't know if you saw this, Lee, or, or Tass, like, yeah. he cut he cut his dreads during yeah. the quarantine. He looks like a completely different person. Mm. He looks like he's 14 years old. He looks so, so young because he's got, like, you know, uh, sort of like a buzz cut. It's really close. So I just don't know how it's going to affect him. I'm a little worried because does the power come from his cool hair that he had? Like, it's a, you know, a possibility, though Sacktown Royalty points out maybe he's even better. Maybe he's even faster without that hair weighing him down. So I'm just... Uh, I'm a little interested to see uh, what type of deer and fox we get with the new look. Because I'm telling you, it's going to shock a lot of people. I, I know Kings fans know about this. 
Uh, maybe diehard NBA fans know about him cutting his hair off, but I feel like a lot of casual fans are going to tune in and go, who the hell is that? Because he looks that different uh, without his sort of trademark uh, dreads, that sort of, you know, the pointy, the spiky ones that he would always mm. have. So we'll see. Um, but I'll go Fox, but I actually don't think there's going to be uh, too much of an impact on these guys. I really don't. It's not going to be like pickup ball. It's not. No. There's referees, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Fox is out with an injury, too. I think... Oh, yeah, thing, well, for seven to ten days, they said, yeah, he should Yeah, he should back. be back. But one, one thing that's happening uh, in the bubble, because there isn't as much, you know, media availability after practice, you know, there isn't face-to-face media availability. It's generally over Zoom. Just some of these injuries, I think, just go under the radar. Like Marvin Bagley, also mm-hmm. injured... On crutches, leaving Monday's practice. Joe Varden reporting that. So, the Kings got some injuries, and it's just like it just kind of flies under the radar. I mean, that's yeah, sort of aside no from the cares. question. No one thinks the Kings were going to make the playoffs anyway. So it was like, oh yeah, the Kings are there. Oh okay, all their guys are injured now. I think that's a part of it. Outside of Kings fans, of course, but everybody else is like, why were they even there? Well, right? there's a, there's just injuries all over the place. Like, yeah. did you know Sabonis and Miles Turner being held out of practice? Like, there's a lot of injuries throughout the league that are just mm-hmm. not really reported on a great deal at this point. When if right. it was a training camp, we'd all know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if it was a regular training camp. Mm-hmm. That's but true. I, I okay. think I think as far as the games go, uh, you know, because there are no home fans, I think you know, regard, regardless of like individual players, and the, and this emailer included James Harden as as part of the email and saying he's never performed in the playoffs. Uh, he, you know, maybe this helps him. I, I do think uh, it'll help the road teams keep it closer. I don't. A lot of the times in playoff series, the home teams have monstrous blowouts in the NBA Finals, in the Conference Finals. Every single round we see huge blowouts. But because there are no home fans, I think there is going to be closer games uh, in the entire playoffs. I don't think we're going to see those those standard blowouts. I, I would probably say, I don't know, at least a team gets has at least one. Maybe there might be two blowouts per series, maybe even more than that. Uh, but I think we'll have less of that because there's no home fans. I think that's Okay, that's interesting. So you think the games will be closer... Uh, because of this weird environment what about the series though i wonder if series will be quicker because there's the possibility of like obviously the team with the higher seed the home court team normally they're the better team in theory (laughs) um you know they would usually play at home maybe they go up 2-0 and then you get to go back to the visitors you know arena and that's where there's like a little pick-me-up of energy Mm. uh, desperation sets in and all that but now that is gone and you gotta wonder um, if you're the lesser team in a series, do you sort of look at it and you're like, you know, you've been in this bubble for for weeks upon or months maybe even, and you're like, we're not as good as them. We don't have this like again this sort of like energy of going back to our own places with our families and we got all of our, you know, our own environment. That's gone. And it's like I just wonder if like we get a little bit more of like waving the white flag and ser- I hear you on games, but I wonder if series. Maybe could be quicker. It's <laughs> mm, an interesting theory. I, yeah. I still think you have the human element of, hey, we went up 1-0, the other team's going to be really desperate. Or we're up 2-0, the other team's going to be really desperate, and the yeah. team that's up 2-0 maybe let it off the pedal just a little bit. It's just sort of natural. But Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe they can pull out, maybe the team that's up 2-0 can keep it close because there is no home court advantage and then pull it out at the end of game three uh, because... They're not getting blown out. So, yeah, there's uh, 
It's interesting. Very we'll interesting. See. see, do you have a do you have a pick for this? And this is a very difficult question, Lee. But do you have anything yeah. that comes to mind? Well, I'm going to go with a guy like Norm Powell, who had a very good season, but it was interrupted with injury. So I expect now, um, you know, I think that he really responded well to what Nick Nurse wanted him to do this season. Now. He's played well. Will he take that confidence down there knowing that he is a better player, more consistent player than we've seen in the past? And obviously Kyle and Mark and Pascal are going to get most of the shots, but that could be a really good opportunity for Norm to be part of that sort of second unit that, that where he can score and he can shoot and they actually have some trust and faith in him because I think up until this season, a lot of times it was like Norm Powell was good for a couple of games and then he'd go missing for a few games. This year he seemed to be a better player, a more rounded player um, when he was playing, when he wasn't out injured. So... Maybe this is the sort of thing where he's like, you know what, I was having a great season. Now I get a chance to uh, to finish that off. So someone like him, again, trying to predict something like this, someone to sort of break out when nobody knows what the sort of uh, conditions are going to be like really is virtually impossible. So uh, I would like to see a young guy like that who's really trying to make a bit more of a name for himself um, show that what he, what he played with, how he played at the start of this season wasn't just a fluke, that he's more likely that sort of player going forward. Mm-hmm. Well, we got lots more questions still to tackle here, but before we do, a quick word from our sponsors. Taz told us yesterday, grab your peanuts and your popcorn. Baseball is back, baby. That's right. The boys will be getting back out on the diamond this week. I can't believe it. And while we may not be able to join them at the park, there is plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a shot to play risk-free for a shot of hundreds of thousands of dollars that's a shot to win a lot of money guys if you haven't tried it yet fantasy baseball is easy to play you just pick 10 players you stay under the salary cap and you pile up points for hits runs strikeouts and more there's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars but if baseball isn't for you don't worry DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament too with millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Who's the favorite in baseball right now, Taz? Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Who's good? The Yankees, aren't they good? With Aaron Judge, isn't he good? Yeah, Yankees. <laughs> usually, like, who, won the, who won the World Series? Was it the Nationals? I think it was the Nationals. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're great. I think they're the... Um... Uh, who the heck was I? I mean, the Astros are good. They're not. Be, oh. They're not. They won't be getting the booze that they deserve for cheating, though. <laughs> um, the Dodgers are always good. Yep. But in a sprint, this isn't a marathon anymore. True. It's up for grabs. I think uh, people are thinking the Tampa Bay Rays can be a team that gets hot. Mm. Wow. It's just a different game. It's a different game. Everybody's at the same point. They're all tied on July 23rd when the season starts. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Wait, what? Uh, what's going on with the Blue Jays too? They're yeah. like they got to play in Buffalo, or are they going down to Dunedin because they can't play in Toronto? We just found out. Yeah, the uh, Canadian government won't allow American teams to fly into Toronto, so Toronto has to find a new home south of the border. They're, it's looking like Pittsburgh. They want to play in a uh, an MLB park. 
Uh, wow. So so Buffalo's not going to cut it. They're triple AAA affiliate. Dunedin's not going to cut it. They're going to share a park with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the exact same park that they play in PNC Park. Most likely. That's not 100% wow. confirmed, but that's the way it's looking like, and their schedules don't really overlap. Uh, so be some double headers with two home teams, I guess. It's going to be weird. That is... Uh... That feels like a very last-minute decision. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I hope they had that probably like that, you know, uh, you know, secondary plan in place uh, if if the Canadian government didn't allow it to happen. But wow, they're like starting this week and they're like, sorry guys, can't play here. I'm like, oh, yeah. all right, well, where are we going? BNC is one of the nicest parks, though, isn't it, Tassie out there? Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, from the photos, looks nice. I, I, oh. haven't, I haven't been there, but it looks sweet. Yeah. It would be nice. The, the Jays have a few extra days. They start July 29th, their first home game. Uh, I guess it'll be at PNC Park, which is just crazy. We talked about it. The NBA did a heck of a lot of planning months in advance, and baseball didn't come to terms until, I guess it was June. I mean, we had a show on, and, and they were when they decided in June, it was clear that they were going to start before the NBA was starting. I right. mean, it's it's nuts. It's yeah. nuts how quickly this thing is, is coming together. And a lot of guys... Uh, aren't playing in baseball. It decided like Felix Hernandez of the Braves. Freddie Freeman was just talking about uh, having a 104.6 degree temperature because uh, he had a fever. He wow. had the coronavirus. There's lots of guys who uh, oh who aren't playing Jeez. this year. Yeah. Yikes, yikes. Uh, I forgot you didn't come with us on that little baseball trip we did with the boys a long time ago where we uh, we ended up, uh, one, of the st- one of the spots was Pittsburgh. That park is incredible. Pittsburgh itself yeah. is actually beautiful. Um, which uh, was shocking to me. I didn't didn't have that in mind when I thought of Pittsburgh, but it is gorgeous with the river there and the park. Ooh, it's beautiful. Anyway. Uh, yeah, sorry to put you on the spot here, JD, but before I do my uh, ad read, you don't have a little beat there for me, do you? You can uh, slip in there? Um, no, no, I, I don't. <laughs> Are you going to um, wrap it? It's not going to make a difference anyway, Lee. Go <laughs> <laughs> at it after. Well, you might have to throw it in after, JD. I'm just going to have to go a cappella yeah, on this I'll, one. Uh, right? I'll, f- I'll fix it in post like I usually try to do. <laughs> all right. All right. If you're feeling a little scruffy, then let it be said. Manscaped will take care of your hair, but not on your head. I'm talking about your bod and parts down below. Because they done change the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It's a lawnmower that's cordless, waterproof too. You'll be smooth as silk, but you know who. There's also a crop cleanser and it's a win-win. It's an all-in-one formula, as good for your chest hair as it is your skin. Now you've got the deets and you want to be the bomb. For 20% off and free shipping, head over to manscaped.com and use our code THEATHLETIC20 and you'll be all set. Do it today. It's not something you'll regret. <laughs> You're way better without the music. Yeah. JD, don't even add it in post, man. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code theathletic. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, $39 value and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC20. Mm, that was good. You can write bars. You, okay. you can't recite them, but you can write them. <laughs> Just call it slam poetry. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, next one here. Good morning, dinkers and drivers. Listening to the Beach Pod from last week, there was a question from Jack Coffee that sounded like a gag name to me. 
Apologies to Jack if that's his real name. When was a time you were duped, swindled, bamboozled by something NBA-related or in real life? My example, as a Raptors fan, I bought a resort on Turkaloo Island in 2010, and that went bankrupt in just one season. Sincerely, that's from Noah. I thought Jack Coffee was a real name. I mean, <laughs> I guess it could have been a Is moniker. It? What do you think, Tass? You're the one that checks the emails. <laughs> was it yeah, jackcoffee at gmail.com? <laughs> I thought it was real too. I yeah. think it was. Uh, I think it was spelled C O F F E Y, if mm. I'm not mistaken. Which you know, like a Paul Coffey, the NHL yeah. player, yeah, or uh, Amir Coffey, who was a member of the Los Angeles Clippers, way deep down on that bench. Uh, but maybe it was a play on Black Coffee, the player in Semi Pro, Andre Three Thousand, went wow. by Black Coffee for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. I think it may have been one of his nicknames, yeah. Yeah, but nah, it's real, I think. Um, well, I don't think we were duped by that, but I was definitely duped by a charity of all things, a non-profit, swindled, duped, bamboozled, and it was a Canadian charity just to lay it on double, <laughs> lay it on thick. You'd expect a, a charity to be nice, uh, but uh, a charity up in Canada told me that I was getting an autograph from Vince Carter. So I said, <laughs> all right, I'll bid $125 off that since you're telling us that has to be the opening bid. Put up a bid, $125. And I went home with a $125 program that we later found out. We actually did a, a show on this a couple months ago after some research because I posted it. Vince Carter said, uh-uh, that ain't mine. After some research, people are like, oh, that's John Wallace's autograph that I paid $125 for in 1998. <laughs> uh, charity, I guess the Raptors sent some stuff to this charity of Marfan Syndrome, um, which is does great work. It's not the, the Trump charity that has to be shut down and they have to pay $25 million of fees because they, they're screwing around. This was a real charity. I paid $125 and uh, I got a John Wallace autograph but it was worth it totally worth it totally worth the story totally worth vince uh shooting me down a, a couple months ago alvin williams he thought it was alvin williams signature yeah um was it wasn't a dub was the, either that was the extra layer to that story that it wasn't even alvin williams yeah, yeah. <laughs> it got worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i would have preferred an alvin williams signature for yeah. sure yeah, yeah, that, a huge that, shot you can save face at 125 bucks with boogie williams you know a legend in rap <laughs> history like well I'm, I'm just saying like when yeah. you compare it to john wallace you're like well you're completely ripped off then i mean alvin <laughs> williams you're like listen we all love boogie williams we all love him we've got a soft spot for him so it's yeah, okay it's but, true uh, yeah, when he shoots it down as well. <laughs> like... We uh, even took that story, that whole incident, and we turned it into a little uh, YouTube special. Um, so go check that out on our uh, No Dunks YouTube page. Uh, the Case of the Mysterious Raptors Autograph, I believe we called it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, JD, uh, doing great work with that. Okay, what about you, Lee? Well, I actually brought mine up, uh, I, I, well, who knows, a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago when I was on the streets of London and I saw this guy selling this uh, high-quality cologne, men's cologne, all these Calvin Klein and Hugo Boss and Davidoff Cool Water and all this stuff, and it was like 10 pounds a bottle, which is normally like 40 to 50 pounds a bottle. And I just like threw my money at him like, yeah, give me it all, give me it all. And I went back and showed it to my brother and he just was like shaking his head and he's like... Open those boxes. Nothing in there. Tip them out. It'll probably give you more of a skin rash than anything else. So, <laughs> cost me, uh, yeah, cost me a few bucks that one, but uh, lesson well learned anyway. I love how trustworthy you are of anything that can be bought off the street. 
yeah. Rims, cologne. Yeah, well, yeah. In uh, Damascus, CDs. in Syria, I wanted to be like a local and I ate some street meat and, oh, God, I was sick for like 48 hours. I could not hold anything down. But, you know, yeah. Well, what was it? Like a kebab or something? Yeah, it was just a kebab. But it was yeah. like, it was like you know, I, I'm in Damascus. I want to eat like a local. Sure. And, I, and I did. And then, uh, yeah. Tore me, uh, tore me in half that one. That, oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could have used the cologne that day. To oh, oh, God, oh, oh, <laughs> that was that was the day. That was the day when I started watching the um, dude. Where's my car? Movie over and over. And I was like, <laughs> I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't change it. And it was just like, I, that was the only joy I got out of lying there, basically in the fetal position for 48 hours <laughs> dude where's the remote <laughs> dude where's my toilet paper oh, oh i was out i went through it all yeah i was like i had nothing man i was oh, <laughs> what'd you oh, use what was the backup huh? well no i so i had to get the hotel manager i said can you just like bring something in or something because i'm out just drop anyway. off a pallet at my door oh, i thought I, you were gonna well, see you went like, out onto the street and bought some street yeah. toilet paper it turned out it was sam <laughs> <laughs> I think he brought like two and I sort of was like, it, it, I mean, if you got more, bring them all, man, bring them all. But uh, I was at the point where I was like, I'm not even going to like wipe here because I'll be back in the toilet in two minutes anyway. So I was just kind of like rinsing and showering after it. It was just, God, it was awful. <laughs> oh, I should laugh. I mean, that is, uh, yeah. You don't wish that, you don't wish that upon your worst enemy. You not know. like the, the worst place in the world is when you're traveling to a country, you know, you don't know anybody, you, 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 you've just arrived. Don't know the you, toilet paper. Oh, you are sick as anything. You're just like, I would love to just jump on a plane and, and go straight home now. But uh, so that's the last thing I'd want to get on if I had that. Well, I, yeah, I mean, though, like you just, yeah. you just hate not being in a in teleport a, in, home. Yeah. In a, in a familiar or comfortable oh. place. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> oh, man. Are you sure? Is that is it you or is it? Oh, it is me. Uh, hi, friends. My husband and I were gifted a salad spinner for our wedding. When we opened it, we were far from enthused. Someone went off registry to gift us a salad spinner? Weird move. Safe to say, it sat in a cupboard for years. That is, until I recently unpacked that spinner during quarantine. And I love it! My salad dressings are sticking to those extra clean greens, and I'm even using it to wash and dry berries, herbs, and veg. I now consider it an essential kitchen item. My question for you, what is something or someone that you underestimated and was proven wrong? That's from Emily, a big fan of salad spinners in <laughs> Toronto. Thank you, uh, Emily. Are you a, you a salad spinner family, Tass? It's there. Uh, we use it, I'd say, once every couple months. Not a lot. Not yeah. A lot. You know what? I think a big problem with it, it does the, it does the job. I think when you sure use does. it, you're happy with it. It's too big. It, it just takes up a lot of room. So therefore, you're putting it up, you're putting it deep into a cupboard. You're putting it mm. high in a spot that you actually have room for it. I mean, maybe they maybe point. they exist, but you need one. They need to be able to like fold flat or something. I'm convinced they're just they're so large um, that that's a that's a knock against it, in my opinion. In my opinion, JD, you have a lot of salads. What do you think of the salad spinner? I think we use ours every day. So you keep it right there. It's front and center. We never put oh, it wow. away. Well, that's it smart. Just sits, it sits right there. You just keep it, uh, you use it, you, then you rinse it, and then you just leave it right there on the dish rack until someone else grabs it. In my house, nothing gets put away, really. 
<laughs> I tell, I've, I've said it before. I live with slobs. Yeah, that's true. You have mail from like 1988 yeah. sitting on your counter. It's like someone will get to that eventually. Someone, someone will eventually. open that. Yeah. Um, Lee, you salad spinner guy? No, not really. No. What's the point? Yeah. I, when just I get running under the water, spin around yourself? <laughs> You've seen me with my salads. I just get that big old bag out, open, open everything up, dump it in the bowl, and then just give it a whirl with a fork, you know? So... Yeah, That's you don't even clean your salads, really, now that I think about it. No what, wonder what you you're always on the toilet. <laughs> they're, um, they're, uh, they're pre-washed, those salads. They're clean, man. They're clean. You're fine with it just coming straight out of the bag? Yeah, yeah. It's convenient. It's easy. Gives <laughs> yeah. you everything you need there. All right. Except protein, but that's fine. <laughs> well, the question is, yeah, what is something or someone that you underestimated and was proven wrong? My answer um, is from something that happened fairly recently. It was July 1st. It was Canada Day not too long ago. Um, well, it actually feels like months ago, but that's about three weeks ago. Uh, and as a bit of a joke to stick it to Lee Ellis, who's such a mm. beer snob, we learned, I decided, <laughs> I saw it at a Greens here in Atlanta. It's a liquor store that has a wide variety of uh, you know, beer and alcohol and all that. I saw Molson Canadian. And I was like, I'm going to buy this just to piss off Lee. <laughs> and for the gram. Let's be honest. I bought it for the gram. And uh, I, when I lived in Canada, uh, like a lot of people, did not care for Molson Canadian or Labatt. You know, it's like it was not considered great beer. It's fairly cheap, obviously, in Canada. It's like whatever. But I bought it. And I had it here. Cracked one. And I was like, damn, this is refreshing. This is not that bad uh, of beer, and maybe I was uh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I just underestimated the entire time. It's decently. I know maybe not for you. I don't know if Tass and JD can speak to this a, a little better, but uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I'll tell you that it's a nice, refreshing beer on a very hot day <laughs> here in Atlanta. So Molson Canadian Lee sounds mm. like a nostalgia f- yeah, refresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, no, not not that, but, it, but again, not that it's it wasn't a... that bad, Tass. I thought yeah. it would be way worse. I thought it'd be very skunky or something, or just gross, and it wasn't. I mean, it tasted like ninety nine percent of other cheap beers. Yeah, see, it doesn't taste like Bud to me. Like Bud is a different Bud and Bud Light. Like Lee, Lee's just uh, doesn't. It doesn't right. It's there's a there's no, a no, it there's a there is a bit of a skunky hinty something going on with Canadian. It's just a yeah, but you can't funk. compare any beer to Bud or Bud Light, and, and like that's the lowest bar you can possibly. So you'd find. rather ha- you'd rather have a Molson Canadian than a than a Bud Light, I guess. Oh yeah, I'd rather yeah. have anything than a Bud or Bud Light. Yeah, they're <laughs> you'd gross. Rather have, you'd rather have street meat from uh, <laughs> Syria. Bro. All right. Well, I tell you, that's a tough place to get a beer out in Syria, I and mean, maybe I needed it, you know. <laughs> It was the middle of summer. It was 48 degrees. Couldn't get a beer for love nor money out there. I went into a restaurant. They offered me a non-alcoholic beer and a teapot. That was the only way yeah, well, that we could uh, Anyway, I underestimated it. It surprised me. Shocked me how uh, actually refreshing it was. It wasn't that bad. Uh, JD, you got an answer for this one? Um, for me, it was Howard Stern. I always, uh, I, I, I never listened to him before I moved to Atlanta just because I never had access to Sirius. And uh, I, uh, he was, I don't even know if he was on in Canada, but I would hear d- different different snippets. I go, what, why is he so popular? I don't, right. I don't understand it. Uh, but, you know, got a new car, my first, uh, my first car all to myself, got Sirius. And uh, I was, I, I grew to love him. I, he's just, awesome hilarious hmm. and it's weird that i just dismissed him for literally his entire career so, so do you try and listen to him every day well 
he's got the best schedule in radio. Like he works what? Monday to Wednesday from like seven to ten. So that's it. That's it. And then, but he's got two channels dedicated to him so everything is just on repeat and he's got like a 40-year catalog so it's just constantly on repeat so uh, but he has legit hilarious bits and he's one of the best interviewers there is so uh yeah i felt bad you know all right dismiss the king of all media Mm. what what about you something you underestimated or someone uh i'm gonna say something i underestimated was canada uh, because uh, I went there, what, 20 years ago now, and I was like, I wonder if I'm going to like Canada. I wonder if I will like it. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to like the beer. <laughs> yeah, and I got, uh, the Rickards Red was great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, brewed by Molson. But it was, it, was, it was something that I was like, you know, because I, I had the work visa, and I'm like, great, I'm going to go and live in Canada. And I was like, I wonder if I will actually stick this out for a year, if I like it. And then after, like, honestly, it was like less than a week, and I was like, ah, I'm set. I'm here for good now. And uh, and I wasn't there for good because I had to leave. I tried to stay. Uh, and then I ended up returning anyway and staying right. there for another, um, how long, eight years or nine years or something like that. So, uh, yeah, Canada. It was, it's a great place. Great place. <laughs> what I did really- you know about it before you went? Well, Be so honest. My, my impression of it was it was like it's basically just an extension of the U.S. Mm. You know, it's like people just sort of see, see Canada as like, you know, like the 51st state, you know, of, of America. But I got there and like I say, it was after less than a week and I was like, Canadians are like, we're Canadians. We're not Americans. We're, we're, we're neighbors, <laughs> but we're not American. Not in a nasty way. Just like, hey, we, we, we are our own people here. We're independent of the USA. And, uh, and you just see some Canadian traditions in the Canadian way of life. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, this is actually, this, this is pretty cool. This is pretty nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I remember just going out and, and, you know, meeting people. And Canada has the reputation, of course, of being the most polite people or the most polite country and it's true you know i remember i went to a baseball game i think it was my first baseball game i saw cal ripkin play and uh i was just sitting there with my mate benny and this girl tapped us on the shoulder and she says oh i've, I've got to go to the uh, restroom or the you know she's getting a drink something can you score for me she was scoring the game herself oh, like will each <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and i was there with my mate benny who's canadian so he knew what to do but i was like i can't believe people are actually like going you know pitch by pitch here and, and and so she just sort of handed it over i was like benny benny do you know what you're doing and he's like uh, sort of like that but she just put full faith in him and went off and you know got her stuff and then came back it was just incredible like this is unbelievable like i gotta say lee that is a weird example to prove how polite and well, kind I, canadians I, I, are I just, hey i gotta go take a dump and score the baseball game for me but it, it, it was like it was just assumed that you would do it you know because it was like i'm just asking you to do this and you're like sure i think sure, that says more it. about your mate benny than it does the woman that asked you to score the baseball yeah well benny's canadian so benny was well, yeah, uh, benny was showing nice how uh, yeah, he wasn't like, I'm not doing that. Get out of here. You know, he was like, sure, I'll try. Uh, but yeah, great place, Canada. If you haven't oh. been, I recommend you go there. Check it All out. All right. All right. What about you, Tess? <laughs> You're on fire today. Canada, for sure. I had oh, no idea. Um, I didn't really think I would miss the dentist. Just dentistry in general. I've underestimated it, how much I. it's a factor in my life. I, you know, not to sound all first world problem here, but... I'd like to go back sometime. You know, I haven't seen one in a long time. It would be nice to see one again. There's some stuff that needs to be worked out in there. It'd be good. It'd be good. I tell see you what. I tell you what. I've got a recommendation for you in Toronto, Tassie, because my dentist there, she is the greatest dentist I've ever been to. We've become friends. We we follow each other on Instagram. It's incredible. And um, 
I think that's part of the experience, going to a dentist where you feel comfortable. It's not like this person's just going to hack away at my teeth here for an hour. Instead, it's like, great, you become friends, you get to know them. It's a comfortable experience. Well, luckily, she's Canadian, so she'll probably fly down to Atlanta to fix my teeth since she's that nice. So nice. You might have to watch a baseball game with her, though. That would suck. I'll, sc- I'll score it. Yeah. Uh, top, top right incisor, incisor, whatever they're called there. Uh, a little yeah. molar back right, K9. Line drive. That's a line drive into my tooth. Oh, man. We got a couple more here. Uh, what up, no clunks on the most recent beach step? And JD talked about how he played in various bands for many years before walking away from music. I love a good band name and immediately thought of how the band Pearl Jam was originally called Mookie Blaylock. And that they named their album 10 after the number on the former Hawks point guards jersey. Yes, that's a true story. So here are my two questions. One, what were some of JD's band's names? Okay. And two, if you were starting a band, which NBA player would you name your band after and why? I'm not a Lakers fan, but I would love to be in a band called Smush Parker. It's a good name. Hmm, great Thanks. Love the show, guys. Uh, that's from John in DC. So JD, why don't you uh, first take us through your... Uh, your old band names. How many were there? Um, well, three that came to mind. I've been in a, you know, played, you know, in several. But uh, my first band was called Public Enema. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 14 oh, years oh old. My God, that's a brutal Just, name. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> that's a bad me. name. Okay. That's a, yeah. Hey, man. 14. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next band name was Stoned Soul Picnic. Uh, that's a Fifth Dimension song. Okay. Um problematic for two reasons one you always had to repeat it what is and then the second reason was there was a band in ottawa with the exact same name <laughs> so really? there was confusion there yeah one time we actually got we got uh we got booked at the uh, an ottawa fair thinking that they thought that they were booking the other band which is like they're, they're a really good band they're like a, a motown you know Bit, horns the whole bit yeah. and we're just like this sort of grungy rock band that show up and they kept telling us to turn down every for after every song uh so there was that and then uh, the last band i was in was called tinkerbell right that's the famous one the famous jd band uh yeah stone soul picnic and tinkerbell were basically the same band the yeah. two of the members left and then we got a new guy so but yeah so and that was good because we changed from stone soul picnic and tinkerbell you never had to repeat it ever yeah, it's memorable. Ever. Like it was just very, very memorable. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, basketball player band names, I got three for no particular reason other than they sound cool. Yep. Speedy Claxton. Good one. Mm. It's great. Uh, I would drop the Joel and just go with Prisbilla. Mm. If it was like a <laughs> yeah. new yep, age, Prisbilla. you know, uh, prog rock, I guess. And the last one is. Roko Ukic. Sounds pretty cool. stood like this. Always stood like a pregnant lady. Oh, did he? The double <laughs> yeah, G pot. That was his famous thing. I always did that. Yeah, he played for the Raps. Oh, for, so uh, there's the logo right minute. there on the drum set. Just, uh, just oh, Roko yeah. doing the, the double good. T pot. Wiggins does that a lot now, too. Mm. So it's like, uh, you know, um, what? Mick uh, Jagger. Mick Jagger, yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, okay, those are great, great answers. Um, the only one I have would be like, uh, I could see a punk band just being called, all cap locks with an exclamation mark, DORT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Mm. Uh, any other ones? Uh, yeah, I'm going with a one-name band as well. I just think Matombo. 
Mm. I don't know. Yeah. You're only saying that because you're wearing a Matumbo jersey right now? I sure am. Yeah, there That's it is. very nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. You got Matumbo coming up on popping packs, or just you just feel like throwing on a Matumbo? No, it's well, a better reason. Well. It's a better reason. Tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got Alex English uh, coming on today, Hall of Famer, uh, walking bucket, eight-time All-Star. Uh, but uh, Dikembe, well, I wouldn't say uh, I wouldn't say he's not coming. I wouldn't say he's booked yet, but uh, <laughs> it's possible. It's right. Possible. So you don't have any Alex English. Uh, Clothing items. No, I did, didn't have an Alex English jersey on uh, mm. on standby, but that's fine. He, uh, you know, Nuggets legend, of course. So uh, should be some fun times with him today. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be wearing the Sixers jersey for him, or for who? Oh, is that a Nuggets? Oh, it is a Nuggets jersey. Yeah, it's got a Nuggets, oh, my yeah. bad. Yeah, that's my bad. Uh, so that weird colored Nuggets jersey. He got that from uh, who'd you get that from? Tell oh, Tass uh, wasn't on the Tass wasn't on the Zoom call. We were talking about this before the show. <laughs> Our friend uh, Mike Kaplan. I, uh, <laughs> I I sent him a message yesterday because I, I know that, you know, like when I do these pop and packs, I like to have a jersey or a shirt of the player handy, but I couldn't get one of Alex English online on in time. So I said to Cap, uh, just wondering if you're around the studios today, if there's an old Alex English jersey lying around. And he's like, no, I'm not going in today. He goes, but I have got two Dikembe Matombo jerseys uh, from the 90s if you want one of those. <laughs> I said, sure. So I uh, went by to pick it up from Cap and uh, here it is. This is the one that I'll be wearing. So, yeah. Do you think that's your jersey to keep now? Like, was he no. giving? Was he gifting you no, that? No. No. Oh, no, okay. no. Well, you said he had two. I mean, how many jerseys? How many Matumbo jerseys does Kaplan need? Well, he's got two jerseys and a cat named Matumbo. So, uh, oh. a, <laughs> okay. he's a big feature in the Kaplan household. But uh, yeah, like last week, for example, the Dominique shirt came from our friend Larry Luck. So uh, you know, I'm trying to always trying to find something to wear for these uh, for the for the for the guys. And um, yeah, this is a so then I you'll wash it and then give it yeah. back. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. Oh, all right. incredible. I didn't know that part. I didn't know Pop that part. Poppin' Packs is a community, uh, a community <laughs> event. Oh, by the way, Cap, Cap has uh, a, a plethora of unopened cards too from the mid '90s. So uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be going back to raid his place for some of those. Have you uh, seen him down at the uh, local neighborhood uh, basketball court? No, uh, well, the hoop's not there. It's not so, there. Uh, okay, yeah, just wanted to check. Yeah, yeah that was a test. I was testing yeah. you on that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we talked. I bumped into him the other day when I was out for a walk, and we we both. Well, were, uh, keep six of, feet next time. Oh well, yeah, but you know, bumped into like he was on his bike, and uh, and uh, I said, yeah, we got to get Just some, get, we got to get some shots up soon, but we couldn't do it. So, all right, okay. So uh, Matumbo is your answer for the band name. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. I mean, good stuff. Uh, Maybe you just go the. Well, I don't have it in front of me, and I don't know it off the top of my head. But like oh. his entire name. Yeah, it's the. You have to repeat that one. Yeah, Wamatumbo. M- Montalondo. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like seven seven names yeah. long. Is his official real name? Um, yeah. Tassie, you have an answer for this one? Um, I like Jason Tatum. I think nice the fans name. could be called Taters. Uh, it's a little <laughs> bit different in that it's a J A Y S O N. So you gotta have to know the spelling. You gotta be cool, know the spelling. There's lots. I think lots of names would work out there yeah. in the NBA world. There's a lot of good names in the NBA. You're not wrong. Twelve-time uh, Tatum too, as uh, mm. as uh, some other podcasters call him, because he's going to eventually be a twelve-time All Star. That's got a nice little ring to it. Twelve-time Tatum is fun to say. All right, a couple All right, more. Two more emails. Yeah. yeah. Hello, no dunks. I was inspired by the Disney draft to watch Moana the other night with my girlfriend. It was great. But I kept thinking about Skeet saying that Moana is seven foot six inches tall. 
That's okay. way taller than Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah, I lo- and just to clarify, I didn't say that. I said Wikipedia was trying to convince us all that Moana was seven foot six. Right. Okay. I didn't come up with this. That's all I'm saying. But you were spread. You were spreading rumors. <laughs> I was spreading that Moana rumors. was seven six, and her <laughs> yeah, dad was fifteen feet tall. <laughs> Uh, my question is, have you ever learned a random fact about an NBA player that is so remarkable that it pops into your mind every time you see them play? Thanks for keeping the show going this whole time. It's helped a lot during quarantine. That's from Brett. He also adds, P.S. Shout out to Trey for talking about going shirtless under a hoodie a while back. It's definitely the move during quarantine. Yeah. Scumbag Steve. That's a power look. No <laughs> shirt under the hoodie. Uh, I love this question because there is a guy that comes to mind, a little fact about him that's impossible not to think of every time I see him. And unfortunately, I haven't seen him in a little bit, but Gerald Green and his missing finger. <laughs> every time I see him, um, you know, dunk or shoot, I, I can't help but think that guy is missing a finger on his shooting hand, uh, which is a wild part too. It's, a, it's his ring finger. The crazier part is not that he's just missing a finger. It's how it happened. Um, I don't know if you guys know the story, but he was like 10 or 11 years old and he was having an impromptu like jumping contest at home with his younger brother. And they were just like showing off their vertical like leaping abilities against like a door frame like you would as a kid, right? Like trying to jump up and touch it or whatever, do a cool fake dunk or whatever. He was wearing one of his mom's rings. At the time, you know where I'm going with this, Lee. Mm -hmm. And the ring got caught on a nail on top of the doorway while he was like, again, like, you know, miming dunking or whatever. And it nearly ripped his finger clean off. Mm. Uh, He had to go to the doctors and they had no choice but to amputate it. So he's like, you know, basically knuckled down there on on his ring finger on his right hand. It's it's gone. You can Google photos if you want. It's just missing. But uh, what a crazy... Mm. Crazy story of how he lost it, and then he became an NBA player. Think about that shooting hand. How, uh, yeah. how weird it would be if you just took away one of your fingers to uh, to shoot a basketball to a level where you could still make the NBA. Crazy. Mm. Mm. Possible not to think of next time you see Gerald Green, I'm telling you. Uh, you mentioned Syria, Lee, a guy who's uh, in the news recently because he <laughs> talked about Syria, Stephen Adams. Yeah. He said, uh, come on, mate. It's not too bad down here. It's not Syria here in the Orlando <laughs> bubble. We're doing all right. Um, I always think of watching him because he's always doing something, being strong, you know, Draymond Green, kicking him below the belt. He doesn't do a thing. Like Stephen Adams, whenever I see him on a court, he's always doing something strong. I always think of his half-sister, Valerie Adams, mm-hmm. who is a shot put gold medalist multiple times. She's an extremely accomplished shot putter. And I always just think that, you know, people don't respect shot put the way they should. And Valerie <laughs> Adams, just to see somebody up close and how quick their feet are and how strong they are and how they explode from going, you know, whatever it is, 180 degree turn. I think it's it's like, no, it's probably like a couple full turns and then 180 degrees. I don't know. They're quick on their feet. And it's just incredible the 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 power in that family, mm-hmm. Stephen Adams and his whatever it is, fifteen half siblings and siblings that he's 18, got. Eighteen, eighteen siblings. He's the youngest uh, of eighteen siblings. I yeah. think uh, you know, obviously from there's different mothers involved for sure. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that I, that, yeah. I was going to be my answer. Tess was the siblings fact with Stephen yeah. Adams until I uh, you know thought of Gerald Green. I always think that the guy's like maybe the strongest guy in the NBA, and you're like, yeah, he grew up with like 17 other siblings. I mean, you would have to fight for everything, especially being the youngest. So mm. 
uh, both those facts about him. Tough not to think of. From the New Zealander, what do you have, Lee? Well, every time I look at like the Philadelphia 76ers with Brett Brown and Ben Simmons, and they used to have Jonah Bolden there, they have Ryan Brokoff now, although Brokoff is a little bit different because he's, he didn't have a dad who played. But seeing so many connections to the Australian Basketball League from the early 90s to now in the NBA is crazy to me. Like Dante Exum's dad, Cecil, used to play. Like I used to watch these guys play against like Andrew Gaze. Mm-hmm. You know, Dave Simmons, Ben Simmons' dad. Brett Brown was the coach of one of the teams. Um, and there's another guy, Jared Utoff, I think he just signed with the Washington Wizards. His dad, Dean Utoff, the man Mountain, used to play for the Sydney Kings. So, like, it's so weird to me. Like, when I was, like, you know, 14 or 15, I was watching all these guys play. And now I'm saying, obviously, Brett Brown's still there. But their kids have gone on to become, uh, in some cases, you know, excellent NBA players. And seeing those guys drafted and they're, you know, being from Melbourne. And I'm like, this is crazy just to see how this has come so full circle from... Uh, you know, from from where where basketball was when I started following it to now seeing sons being better than their dads were in uh, in most cases. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's crazy. And again, seeing them connected to the Philadelphia 76ers, like they're not all spread out across other teams. You know, like uh, like like Brett Brown used to coach Ben Simmons' dad. I mean, that's uh, it's pretty pretty wild. It's pretty wild. <laughs> Just shows us how old we are too. Yes. <laughs> All right, one more here. Hello, young boys. No, we're old. Uh, I promise this question has nothing to do with eating horse meat. When I was a kid, listen to this, JD. When I was a kid, Rupert from Survivor came to my school to do a motivational speech event. No one knew he was coming that day. The highlight was Rupert took his signature tie-dye shirt off inside our church and put on one that was of our school's colors. Everyone went nuts. What was a time when someone came to your work, school, party, etc., and surprised you? Tulips, lamb eyes, oysters. That's from Corey in Indianapolis, which I believe is where Rupert is from, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I know I've seen him in a Pacers jersey before. But yeah, a legendary Survivor contestant. Loved his tie-dye. Was ahead of his time, really, when you think about it. That's a, that's a big look now. But I guess this place went nuts. He put on the school colors tie-dye version, and people went crazy for Rupert. Lee, what do you have uh, an answer for this one? You know, it's funny. Uh, I remember seeing it last night and I had an answer, but I've actually blanked on what my answer was now. But um, but Brett Brown, speaking about Brett Brown in the last uh, answer, has prompted something. Because last year when I was Australia in Australia, I was out in this town, Warnables, like about three hours out of Melbourne. And Brett Brown, his wife is from there and he was out there at the time. And so I had a, I had a connection who said uh, while he's out there said oh well well let him know I'm here and I'll go and I'll go and say hello to him because I've spoken to him a few times and you know I've I've met him and the and the, <laughs> the message came back and said oh he doesn't want to do any media and I was like I was like okay I mean like I'm not like gonna hold him down or anything like that but then I thought you know what it probably doesn't matter anyway because for every time I've met Brett Brown he always forgets who I am anyway yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> he doesn't know who you are. Doesn't uh, remember your Australian. I have to introduce. I have to. In- yeah, nothing. I have to introduce myself to him every single time. It started on the No Season Required Tour in San Antonio. I remember he was there with his son shooting around. and mm. So that was fine. We chatted for a while, talked a lot about Melbourne and Australia. And then at Summer League for at least three or four years in a row, I was like, Brett, it's Lee. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Oh, I've got a shirt. Oh, yeah, great. You're from Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's got to hurt, man. By the third or fourth time, that's got to sting a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny though. You know, it's like it's 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 now. It's like maybe it's just a bit he's doing. You know, I, I yeah, don't know maybe. about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, Josh, uh, you got to answer this one. Well, nothing that happened to myself. Uh, no great story, but uh, our good friend Ken, 
he thought he was uh, going into work. It was a regular Thursday. He was engaged at the time. And uh, speaking of the shotguns that are happening in the bubble, he's at work. Bunch of his friends show up, give him a beer to shotgun, and tell him, you're coming with us. Your bag is packed. Kidnapped We're going him. for your bachelor party right here, right now. He got in a car and drove six hours to Montreal. We joined them, and it was a blast. His uh, fiance Marge, was in on it. A great time had by all, although there were some serious problems getting to Montreal. It took from, went from five hours to like 25 hours or something because <laughs> there were some serious problems. Or maybe they flew, but anyway, um, some, flew, yeah. some serious problems at the airport. But uh, he got there. He hung in. He did a shotgun. And, and as Ken always does, he took it down. It was a, probably a 10 a.m. shotgun, and he took it down as fast as Myers Leonard did. No problem. He could battle Myers Leonard in a oh. heartbeat. Hundred percent. That would be a. I think it would be close. Uh, you know, Ken's no spring chicken anymore. But uh, oof, that's the fastest guy I know at putting down a shotgun. Yeah, um, we've been texting. We've been texting back and forth as to whether or not he can take Myers Leonard. And he was texting. He first initially texted, "Hey, you got you had Big Waz on the show. He said he he could shotgun. You think he you think he's got the goods? You think he can do it?" Um, so and and I'm not sure if Big Waz did it. Did he? Did he? Actually? I don't think he's done it yet. I haven't seen any video yet. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I owe one. We know that now. I still got to pay that off. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's st- still in the works. Don't you worry. Oh, maybe it'll be a bubble wrap uh, shotgun. Do it late at night. <laughs> we'll see. Um, okay. Yeah. JD, do you have an answer for this? Any surprises? I mean, you know, not really. It, it's a, a huge contrast hearing this guy talk about Rupert coming to his school and uh, or church or whatever. Uh, yeah. For me... The only person that I remember coming to my school was hands down the coolest person I've ever met, Lincoln Alexander. He uh, he went to my high school, uh, Riverdale Collegiate uh, in uh, Toronto. He was the first. He I believe he was the first black member of parliament in the federal government, and he was the first black uh, um, lieutenant governor of Ontario. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the guy was larger than life. He was a World War II hero. And uh, he was just awesome. And the one thing I remember about him is that just how cool he was, A, but B, we were all instructed we had to stand up, you know, when he entered because, you know, he's uh, he was a person of honor or whatever. He was like a judge basically coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody stood up. He, he came in, brought the house down with his speech, and then we were all instruct- instructed we had to stand up but not clap as he left which was very sort of awkward, right? And then sure. I was like, how are we going to get out of this? And I was working backstage, so I actually got to meet him. And he walked, He everybody stood up. He's like, well, thank you very much. Everybody stood up, you know, v- very solemn. And he walked up the right out, and I was, I was on the stage. I was watching him. Like, this is, what are we going to do? Just stand here in awkward silence? And wh- how do we know when to stop? Or when, when, it's, when we're done, done with this? Yeah. And... As he walked out of the exit, he just turned around and one single clap, and then everybody started clapping, right? So it was, he started the applause. <laughs> I was like, that's the goddamn coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, he's so self-aware. He's done it a million times, obviously. Yeah. And just that that one that one move, just back, one clap, and everybody, and it, he just solved the problem just right there. It was awesome. Why? You said you were on stage or backstage? Were you I was on stage. I was, wearing, 
I was yeah, I worked on the stage crew. Ah, oh, I gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, wow. I didn't didn't sit through one assembly in the audience because you were entire, always working. It. I was always doing yeah, always doing stuff backstage. And that's the way you wanted it. That's that's how I wanted it. <laughs> Look at you now, man. <laughs> Look at me now. Look at you now, Riverdale. <laughs> They're gonna do that for you next time you go back and yeah, speak. No way. That, no does way. that still exist? Riverdale. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Riverdale. It's a show, isn't it? It is a show. Yeah, it, yeah. Okay. it was a neighborhood in Toronto. It's where I grew up. And oh, okay. Uh, it's well, a, yeah. that's gonna happen when you go back and give a I'm speech. Sure. And they better not clap until you tell them to clap. That's right. I'm going to insist that nobody claps. They yeah. all have to stand up. And when I walk out that door, I'll just do the... For me, though, it'll just be that. What... You'll only hear that one single clap, and that's it. <laughs> no, that no, one's, no one's clapping. Yeah. Just, no, no. Everyone wanders out. Who the hell was that again? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That guy was on Degrassi. Not on, he's never been on Riverdale, but he's been on Degrassi. <laughs> all right, let's call it there, guys. Thanks so much for your emails. Keep them coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. Uh, just a reminder No Dunks, not the only heavyweight in town at The Athletic. Check out the new podcast feed, or fairly new podcast feed, The Athletic NBA Show, Basketball Buds, Hoops Adjacent, Tampering, so on fantastic stuff you're, you're getting a gold pod you get basically two gold podcasts a day now in the athletic world from no dunks and from the athletic nba show so leave them and leave us that five-star rating and review big news tomorrow coming on the washington post's ben gulliver is gonna join us from inside the bubble we have not officially talked to anyone actually in the bubble yet and uh he did his media seven-day quarantine in his hotel room, but he's free now. So we'll talk to him about his experience and what he thinks uh, about the restart in Orlando. Should be fun. Always a, a good friend of ours, uh, Ben Gulliver. That's tomorrow, Wednesday's podcast. In the meantime, Clipper Bro. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, throughout the history of the NBA, there's never been a Rupert, but there's been a Respert. Brace the day, people. You could stay.